0: Well, Germany's inflation was lower than expected yesterday, so there's hope that the Europe-wide number will be lower today as well. And things in China have calmed down with the hopes that more jabs for old people will allow for more reopening. So that unrest was fairly short-lived. An Aussie CPI today, which NAB is expecting to be a bit higher than consensus. We'll look at why that is. And then the focus is going to be on jobs in the United States. Lots of numbers on that for the rest of the week. It's Wednesday, the 30th of November, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, a bad session for US equities this morning. We've got a 0.6% drop in the Nasdaq, a quarter percent fall in the S&P 500 and the Dow just nudging into the green at close. Mixed in Europe with a 0.2% drop in the DAX, but a half percent rise in the FTSE 100. That was helped by a rise in HSBC shares, having sold off their Canadian business to RBC in Canada for £8.4 billion. Bond yields are falling in Europe. We had a seven basis point drop in 10-year bund yields, Uh, the same in France. Whereas 10-year treasuries are up 8 basis points. Aussie 10-year yields were up 9 basis points yesterday to 3.60% and a few basis points higher than that since on futures. The US dollar is up 0.2% on the DXY index and up 0.5% on the Swiss franc. And the Aussie dollar has climbed 0.6% to 66.9 US cents. Though so the main currency moves this morning, not a lot going on really. And oil is on the rise again, a 1.7% rise in WTI. But Brent up only just around 83.20 a barrel now. Uh, Nabs Ray Atrell is uh, here this morning in Sydney, although uh, as an Aussie of English extraction, obviously his heart is in Doha right now, uh, but we, we're not allowed to talk about that, Ray. Well, I want to get this podcast over with, so, going, so I can go and watch it. How's uh, so, too right. Good morning. Uh, let's have a look at... <laughs> let <get laughs> Good, on good on morning. So, look, the Aussie dollar... Uh, is going up. Oil is up. I'm assuming a chunk of this is because there hasn't been a major Chinese revolution. The authorities seem to have dealt with the protesters. Now everyone's back in their box, and uh, further economic disruption has been contained. Is that so? Uh, less fear of uh, of disruption is that what we're seeing um, i would put it that way i mean obviously we had a, a pretty
1: strong intraday turnaround in uh what well, particularly um, strong gains for chinese stocks the hang sang in particular and a strengthening in mm-hmm. the rem which has fed through directly into the stronger aussie and kiwi and that was really on the you know announcement that the the, the health authorities were going to be holding a press briefing at i think it was 3 p.m beijing time um and i think the key right. thing that that popped up on the wires uh, following that was the news that there was going to be a, a significant push to get the elderly population uh, vaccinated or we'll get their booster shots and you know obviously we've talked about this um you know some length is that there's going to be well i think the markets are tra- mm. clearly you know for the time being you know the lockdowns currently are affecting more of china's gdp than was the case back early this year when we had the you know, the outbreak centred on Shanghai and some other regions. So from an economic point of view, there isn't any there isn't any immediate good news here. But markets are clearly travelling with the hope that you know within a matter of months, and that might mean you know March April next year, we are going to be meaningfully you know. Towards a living with COVID state of affairs, and obviously, you know, a push to get the elderly vaccinated, which, where we know that um, vaccination rates there are much lower than, than other countries that have reopened, yeah. is a significant staging post, I think, towards. Obviously, they've got to be persuaded um, to have that the, the booster shots, in particular, and and from what I read, you know, at this stage, there's no contemplation of a so-called vaccine mandate. Although I did read uh, something in the FT suggesting that um, you know elderly residents are going to have to give it if they yeah. if they're Visited in an old in an old people's home or an aged care facility, they're going to be um, they're going to have to have a reason. From not getting their booster shots so uh, i think a bit of moral persuasion right. is certainly coming to bear there so so i think that's helped and but, the other thing i think is that um you know from what i see is that the central you know the communist party is sort of blaming local authorities for excessive restrictions uh, which i guess have been you know obviously one of the underlying yeah. causes of the current protests along with that tragedy in the apartment block uh, at the weekend so you, you can read that how you like but it does also suggest that um you know the view from the top is that you know we do want to try and ease up on restrictions as much as as we meaningfully can right
0: and keep the people happy so the chinese pmi's that are out today i mean whatever they are you know that they, they've obviously been uh it very much in retraction territory or contraction territory uh it doesn't really matter does it because it it, it is that you know how quickly you get those vaccinations out and how quickly they start to open up that, that really counts
1: well absolutely again so again i think markets are sort of ignoring the present and, and looking to the future as yeah. is, is this their way so you know we are expecting yeah. to see further uh moves further below 50 for both the manufacturing and non-manufacturing uh series they're coming out i think at uh, 12 30 um Australian Eastern Time, at least, so 49 and 48, I think, are the expectations, respectively, which you know, a literal read through is that the economy is contracting at a somewhat faster rate. Than in October, although in practice I think it it probably means that we've got slow growth getting slower. But uh, again, I think markets will uh, will be quite prepared to look through. Well, the other
0: indicator of the future yield curves, the U.S. yield curve has inverted. It's been obviously been inverted significantly for some time, but it's fallen further today. And there's also a world yield curve, the Bloomberg. Global aggregate that has uh, been around since the turn of the century that's never inverted between ten years and uh, one to three year yields, uh, but it has today inverted now for the first time. So, uh, oh, okay. what, so you're global- a mine of uh,
1: useful yeah. new information. I wasn't <laughs> even aware that that existed. I
0: wasn't, um- until, I wasn't until I saw it on <laughs> Bloomberg, funnily enough. Uh, but uh, Simon, don't know what does this tell us: global recession, or does it mean uh, inflation is easing, uh, which it could do with a downturn, I guess.
1: Well, I think the uh, the view that we've been uh, guilty. Of, of, of suggesting almost ad nausea is that uh, if not an outright global recession, then a significant global slowdown and a weakening of labour markets is is a necessary condition Step. in order yeah. to slay the inflation dragon. So I think the answer probably is a bit of both, but uh, as I say, nothing that we're seeing you know, is, is inconsistent with the idea that uh, we are going, you know, we are probably on the cusp of a, of a significant slowdown. Obviously, some parts of the world, uh, dare mm. I say the UK for one, are you know probably already in recession Session. We had news from Canada, incidentally, overnight. Their monthly October GDP reading. Can I punch the to yeah and uh well the quarterly one yes 2.9 percent annualized better than expected uh but look at the canadian dollar it's one of the weakest currencies and uh, one of the causes of that does seem to be that the monthly number has has crunched down to zero so it may be that uh, that canada is entering a period of 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 zero or negative growth so um yeah i think the evidence is building and and not just in, in the yield curve so obviously it would be Intensely focused on things like Friday's um, U.S. employment numbers, and we get the ADP uh, numbers as perhaps a little bit of a lead indicator of that uh, that tonight, as well as the JOLTS openings. So yeah. signs of cracking in the in the labour market are obviously going to be um, uh, something that, if it transpires, will corroborate that um, that recession recession yeah. signal from the yield curve
0: we have saved me from mentioning all of those things because it is jobs, 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 isn't it, for the remainder of the week? But just uh, on this slowdown thing. So Germany, uh, we get the uh, the Eurozone inflation numbers, but we've got the Germany's numbers overnight as well. So inflation there has eased a little, down 0.5% month on month, which is more than expected. So maybe the European CPI numbers today will also be down a little.
1: Well, you would think so. It wasn't just Germany. So Spain came in, uh, well, 6.8 down from 7.3. It was expected to be up to 7.4. Mm. As you say, that German number, um, minus 0.5 on the month, it was expected to be minus 0.2. Um, so we are down to uh, to 10% year on year. Uh, oh, we're still eye-wateringly high, obviously. Yeah. But uh, certainly some of the ECB hawks of late have been um, flagging the significance of these uh, the, the, these, what are these November Uh, inflation readings um, as we go into the December sort of meeting as to whether or not it's going to be 50 or 75 Um, I was talking to Gavin last night and he's still pretty convicted that uh, it's going to be 50 and then he was saying that before we actually saw these these German Spanish numbers so and if I look at market pricing we were almost 50% of the way between or halfway between 50 and 75 before those German and Spanish numbers, and we've come into I think something like 56 basis points now, so almost a, a 10 basis point uh, repricing for um, for the December meeting. So um, yes, they are significant, and uh, I, presumably now the down the, the the risk for the eurozone numbers that was expected to be 10.4 down from 10.6 is definitely to the downside, and you know a number as low as as 10% or even perhaps back so, into single figures looks to be in prospect.
0: Right. So another sign that maybe we have reached the peak, but but uh, you know you got to be careful saying these things, haven't you? And Andrew Bailey was uh, from the Bank of England was in front of the Economic Affairs Committee in the uh, the House of Lords just over the last few hours. I'm not sure if you've caught up much on that, or whether he said too much. Really, he said the the period of ill liquidity in the gilt market isn't uh, back to normal yet. Uh, He said the UK labour market was much more constrained than they thought, and QE was never intended to raise revenue for the UK government. That was obviously just a coincidence. Uh, Mm. Did did you take anything else out from what he said? No, well, the other,
1: but yeah, against that, he did say. I think they also announced plans. I think he's selling back close on three hundred and fifty million pounds worth of the longer dated gilts that were bought during the uh, those market ructions that we saw. In the, uh, the early days of... The, do you remember Liz Truss used to be Prime Minister? I remember that, no, briefly. And, uh, yeah,
0: fleet, caused fleeting Caused a bit appearance. of a flurry
1: in the gilt market. Well, uh, they're, they're now thinking they can sell back. But, yeah, the point that he was making was that sales of gilts are going to be very much demand-led you know, rather than, you know, the Bank of England dumping them on, on, on the market. So that was reassuring. Um, so nothing from a monetary policy point of view that I, I really picked up from him. Although we also have Catherine Mann, who has been, you know, one of the more hawkish members of the Monetary Policy Committee, uh, saying that she's increasingly worried about embedded inflation expectations, seeing them at around 3% only um, I mean, up from sort of 2% and that she's drifting towards favouring uh, a 4% bank rate. That's up from 3% now. So I think she's still going to be banging the drum for um, you know, for perhaps even 75 basis points at the December meeting. But um, mm. again, at this stage, we'll be surprised if uh, if the bank opts for more than
0: 50 basis points in December. So Australian CPI today, let's talk about that in a second. But just while we're talking about uh, central bankers, Jonathan Kearns from the RBA is going to be uh, talking later on. Is there going to be a bit of damage control uh, that he's got to take on board? Because Philip Lowe just didn't go down very well, did he? Certainly in the media for you know his, his apology on those people who might have taken out a mortgage recently. But, uh, I don't
1: think that, I mean, Jonathan Kearns is in charge of what domestic, uh, domestic markets, etc. I don't think he's going to pontificate uh, in any different way. It's a securitisation conference, so I don't actually think that sort of macroeconomics and monetary policy in that sense are going to figure highly so uh, i don't think that uh, if we're looking for any riposte to uh, the way that 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 governor lowe's comments were sort of interpreted on the media if you like as a bit of a um, what was a bit of a lukewarm apology i guess is one way of describing it i I don't think we'll hear anything from kearns in that regard today
0: all right cpi today 7.3 percent last month the market expectation is 7.4 percent but nab is going is higher than that so how much higher and why
1: Well, we're at 7.7. That says... uh Taylor's uh, Taylor Newton's pick for that one, um, up from what, as you say, 7.3. Um, the consensus from what I can tell is about 7.6. So we're certainly on the high side. And really it's, it's fuel prices, airfares and rents that are the three the biggest contributors to uh, to our forecast for uh, for that acceleration in inflation. So, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, something close to, you know, above seven and a half and you know, hopefully not as high as 8%, there'll be a little bit of sticker shock, I think associated with that. But, um, so yeah, certainly be something for the rates market and perhaps also the currency. That's coming out at eleven thirty this morning.
0: So, what's the response we're going to see with the Aussie dollar if if NAB is right and is higher than everyone else is expecting? The Aussie potentially
1: gets a little bit of uh, support if the upside numbers will have the market thinking. Well, at some point, you know, could the could the could the RBA you know revert back to fifty basis point increases? We think the bar to that is extremely high. You know, having had a couple of back to back twenty five point increases, so to our mind, twenty five still looks pretty much nailed on, almost regardless of those numbers. But um, you know, it will have people. um, Uh, still worried that, uh, you know, inflation here, um, you know, is really just following what's happening elsewhere. And and then the sort of, I guess, the the big unanswered question is, does does the same thing apply to wages? And it's really the the differing wages story to date compared to some other countries that is really the, you know, the underlying source of of the RBA's view that it doesn't think it's going to have to be quite as aggressive as other central banks. But uh, that remains to be seen as we get incoming uh, wages numbers in the months ahead. Okay, and I
0: think we've covered the other big hitters today haven't we so eurozone inflation and then for the rest of the week in the u.s it's jobs jobs jobs. so jolts numbers today the adp employment number and then uh, on friday the non-farm payrolls so uh, a bit to come this week
1: absolutely and also remember we've got uh, jay powell talking at uh, 5 30 um, eastern time tomorrow morning at uh, the brookings institute it's on the economy and the labor market with q a so uh Uh, That is one of the the banner events of the week, so a lot of interest in
0: And we can knock four minutes off the average length of this podcast when England's playing, it seems, uh, because we're going to leave it there. Uh, (laughs) I'll talk to you again very soon. Thanks, Ray. Will do. Thanks, Phil. And that's it. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Goodbye.